are the voice of trucking. Welcome to Key Up New York, the Trucking Association of New York's podcast. I am Kendra Hems, the president with the Trucking Association of New York, and I'm joined today by... Barry Panicola. And Barry, who are you with? I'm with Sprague Operating Resources and former chairman of TANI. Great. And um, we are here today to talk about um, workforce development, um, but more specifically uh, the Shea Legacy Foundation, which was the foundation created uh, by TANI recently, um, and Barry's actually chairing that foundation um, currently. So thank you for joining us. We always start off with a um, kind of icebreaker question. So I'm just going to throw one out at you. If you had a superpower, hmm. what would it be? Hmm, that's that's an interesting one. I should have been prepared for this. <laughs> that's why it's an icebreaker. We don't want you prepared now, for it. <laughs> unfortunately, there's no superheroes with healing powers. I would like that. But I'd have to say to help other people, Superman. Yeah. To have the ability to fly and, and super strength and use telepathy and, and things like that. Very fitting, given what we're talking about today. Well, um, with the foundation and the work that we hope to accomplish through that foundation. So um, why don't we just kick it off? You were a member of the Torta board of the TANI board of directors um, when the decision was made to move forward with the foundation. So can you talk a little bit about why the board wanted to, to basically form this foundation and kind of how it came to be? Well, for years, the, the uh, association has talked about forming a foundation. And uh, with workforce development, Development being one of the pillars of the TANI strategic plan, we felt at this point was the perfect opportunity to take the work that we had been doing uh, in workforce development and create the foundation, which really can complement all of the programs we currently have, as well as open up new opportunities, whether it's relationships with educational institutions or uh, grant opportunities or uh, additional fundraising opportunities, which are going to be very important to the foundation. Great. So I guess as a follow-up to that, you know, we've talked about this foundation for years, um, and you've been part of the association for many years, as have I, and it seems like we've always kind of talked around the edges of like, maybe we should have a foundation, would it make sense to have a foundation? Um, so why do you think now? Why is now the appropriate time for us to move forward with that? Well, you know, coming out of the pandemic, yeah, it really raised uh, awareness to the shortage of workers. And in the industry, we've always struggled with shortage of drivers and technicians. And, you know, I, I think the, the opportunity, besides the hard the work that the industry had done to bring drivers and technicians into our industry, it, this opened up a, a greater opportunity uh, because there's so many great paying jobs in the transportation industry. One out of every 29 workers in the state work in transportation. And 90% of the goods that come to uh, the citizens and businesses of the state of New York come on a truck. So we saw this as a great opportunity to uh, elevate um, the ability to attract younger people, more diverse people, you know, and really increase the workforce for our member companies and the industry. Right. Which, as you pointed out, is a key component of our strategic plan Absolutely. as well, which we just updated in, in February of this year. So 
um, a lot of initiatives going along with workforce development that we're working on through TANI, but now we now have the support of the foundation and access to grant funds that we didn't have previously as well. So um, I think the timing of it made a lot of sense uh, in terms of moving that forward. So what do you think in the short term? What are the priorities of the foundation that we'll be focusing on initially? Well, you know, the, f the foundation is going to uh, help promote and advance TANI's training, education, and workforce development initiatives. The foundation is going to provide scholarships. We just, this past June, we just awarded our first five scholarships, uh, which was, you know, very, uh, it was a great process. And it was really is, you know, part of what we want to do is to give opportunities to people that might not have them previously. And, and those scholarships are the Shea Legacy Foundation Scholarship, uh, which was awarded to two driving school candidates. We had two uh, scholarships awarded to for the um, Mike Endries Memorial Scholarship for two technicians. And then we have the Al DeRus Scholarship, which is awarded to a, a person entering a accredited university or college. And I have to say, each of those scholarships are, are named after inspirational people uh, with the Shea Legacy Foundation it's named after you know, uh, the, you know the members of the Shea uh, Shea family that have been so inspirational to the industry. Um, you know the Alderus uh, uh, scholarship is named after somebody that uh, increased awareness to safety in this industry. He was appointed to the first governor's safety tra traffic committee, um, and, and the. Uh, you know, the Mike Endries scholarship was, is named after a person that was uh, very supportive of the Supertech competition. Not only just winning the Supertech competition, but also teaching the techs and advancing their, their training and their knowledge. Yep. So, I, I mean, I think, um, you know, we take a lot of pride in what people have done, and we're thrilled to be able to name those the foundation and those scholarships after those people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all of them brought a passion to the industry that just was so well suited to the foundation and, and what we're doing. And, and, and to go back to that a little bit in terms of the name of the Shea Legacy Foundation. So for those that may not know the Shea family, um, this is a family that goes back to really the inception of the association as we know it today. Um, so Harold Shea was was the father, and then Tim Shea and John Shea were brothers, um, Harold's sons. And Harold was part of the group that worked on kind of bringing four different associations that were across the state back in the 1930s and 40s into a single association, understanding that, like we always say, there's strength in numbers. Um, and there was that same thought process with these four associations that we would be stronger together. And so there was a group of individuals that came together and brought the four into the association as we know it today. And, and Harold was a key member of that. And then Tim and John had both served in different capacities within the association, both of them serving as chairman at one time. And unfortunately, in 2021, John had passed away and he was the last surviving member of, of the Shea um, in terms of the legacy here within the association. And it was around that same time we were talking about, right. you know, now's the time. Let's let's go forward, as you noted, coming out of the pandemic. And so it just seems so appropriate um, to name it the Shea Legacy Foundation to basically keep what they brought to this industry and this association specifically kind of going forward. 
So it was, um, it just timing wise, it made a lot of sense and what a great way to honor, you know, them. And then at the same time we were developing the, uh, scholarship for the technicians and, and unfortunately Michael Andres had also passed away, um, in 2021. And we just felt it was really appropriate given the passion that he had in terms of advancing techs in this industry, training, education, the super tech competition. Um, it just made a lot of sense to, to honor his, his legacy and what he brought with that scholarship as well. So super excited about just getting the foundation up and running the scholarship program so that we can support those that are coming into the industry. Um, but we've got some other programs, right. That we're working on, um, that I, would let you speak to um, in terms of both the charter school program and also our program with Department of Corrections. Yeah, and, and you know, as you stated, in 2021, uh, the board approved a uh, workforce development committee, and uh, you know, Rust, Rusty Stetzel had begun a lot of that work, and the foundation is continuing and, and taking over a lot of these programs. Um, you know, as you mentioned, we've worked with the Charter School of Applied Technologies for several years now. They had a logistics club, which uh, became very popular, very successful, um, and now has grown to a accredited curriculum uh, for juniors and seniors. And uh, it also happens that Chris Bidjouet, who is a teacher at this school, is a Shea Legacy Foundation board member that can help us guide other programs in the state, and we hope to advance this through the BOCES programs and, and other, um, you know, I know we're talking to two community colleges about having uh, programs in their, in the colleges. So, you know, Rusty's doing a great job with that, and, uh, you know, we look forward to that moving together. Jails to the job program is, is always, is also very important as well. Um, you know, a lot of works, a lot of work has been done on that. Uh, we have several uh, incarcerated people going through the program now. It was originally thought to be a, a good opportunity to get uh, people into driving jobs, uh, but the first person that was released in October is actually uh, being placed as a, a technician, a diesel technician. Um, so we're now talking to uh, the people in the program and the you know the people for the department of, uh, people at the Department of Corrections about widening that and, and finding warehouse workers, potentially dispatchers and other, you know, uh, taking the skill that they can be taught or already have and bringing other people into the industry. Right. And I think um, one of the reasons why starting the foundation was so important in terms of supporting those programs is the way that um, we're structured as a nonprofit. So TANI is a nonprofit, but we lobby. And because we lobby, we're often not eligible for grant funds. Um, so we set the foundation up as a C3, um, which is a charitable organization, and that provides them the ability to apply for grants, which is something we're actively working on. Um, the idea would be to help support the scholarship programs, of course. Um, but with the Jails to Jobs program, you know, there's resources there that these individuals are going to need. They're, they're coming out of a situation where they don't currently have employment. Mm -hmm. um, so for them to continue their uh, training through the driving school or going into, you know, whatever program it may be for diesel tech, um, the ability that, that we may have to provide some funding to help that, I think, is, is critically important to the success of that program. Um, so we're... we're actively working on the, the funding um, through those grant applications and really hoping to see see those programs continue to grow. 
Um, but I think one of the other neat things about the foundation is that we are looking at demographics where it's kind of a win-win, right? So um, individuals coming out of um, our prison system in, in New York, we've got six facilities across the state now that have driving simulators right within the facility. They're starting the CDL training while they're in there. Um, there's facilities that we're actively working with that even though they don't have the CDL training, we're, to your point, trying to get the warehouse workers, the technicians, the um, forklift drivers, you know, all those other necessary jobs, um, but really trying to give them a chance and an opportunity. It's a win-win for them and for the industry in terms of employment. And same thing with the charter school, which we know oftentimes are in um, – you know, areas of need right. and trying to give those students opportunities that maybe they wouldn't have had otherwise as well. So um, I think there's some really great um, ways that we can work together and with those groups and, and help them and obviously work on addressing the employment issues within the industry. So I think to that end, we also have a simulator. You do? We do. <laughs> it's, it's, it's currently in, in, in Tanny's uh, headquarters. It is. <laughs> awaiting a trailer that we hope will be here uh, soon. Um, and we're already, um, you know, the Department of Labor has distributed flyers to all the BOCES schools. So we've fielded a number of phone calls. Steve Babarakis, who is, um, you know, uh, works for the foundation, a former Tanny employee, now works directly for the foundation, is going to be working a lot of the uh, coordination started in, in uh, Q1 of 2024. Uh, so we're pretty excited about that. That allows us to get the, st uh, the simulator out to the BOCES schools, job fairs, uh, member companies can utilize it. Um, so, you know, I think that's going to bring great exposure to the, to the foundation and the work the foundation is doing and just really just open up people's eyes to what the foundation is also doing besides just the driver simulator. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's been a long time coming, too. Yes. <laughs> we, we have not been immune to the supply chain challenges that everybody's been hit with, and waiting on that trailer has been um, a long time. But we're excited. It's, it's being built as we speak. Um, so we'll be out there on the road come January 2024 and really looking forward to that simulator supporting a lot of these initiatives. Um, so we talked about jails to jobs. We talked about the charter school, our scholarships, um, the, the simulator. Can you speak to a little bit, you know, this is kind of a new role. Um, we're really trying to think strategically in terms of how we're going to utilize the foundation. You're the first chairman of the foundation. So can you speak a little bit maybe to some of your goals, whether it's short term or, or long term in terms of what you want to see the foundation accomplish? In, so so the, you know, Tanny's worked on a number of these initiatives for several years, and I mentioned Rusty before, and I mentioned Steve, and Rusty's done great work. Um, and now we can focus, uh, you know, have focused employees to start uh, re finding out what grants are available. We need to advance the, the fundraising opportunities. Um, and we, we really have the foundation that literally, uh, with <laughs> no these pun. programs that we've discussed, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, but but I and I'm very proud, you know, being a you know board member, um, to the support that we're getting. I mean, we need to uh, have the support of the board. We need the resources to move the foundation forward. But ultimately, that's the foundation's goal: is to provide resources and uh, 
you know, funding opportunities to young men and women or men and women of all ages uh, to find an opportunity to get into the industry. Yeah, no, that's great. I think um, we're all really excited to see this grow. And I think there's going to be opportunities that continue to present themselves as, as we move forward. All right, so we're talking about the simulator and how it's going to support workforce development in terms of kind of recruitment, right, encouraging folks to get into the industry. But one of the other things that is um, important to both the foundation and to TANI is safety. Um, so when we talk about workforce development, it's not always just about how do we get new people in. It's also about developing those that are already in the workforce, including our drivers. Um, so can you maybe speak a little bit to how we're looking to utilize the simulator as it relates to supporting our own members with their training needs? I had mentioned that we'll, the simulator will be available to members, so it's great opportunities. I know years ago in, in my own company, we had our insurance to, uh, uh, company provide a simulator, and it was great to bring in uh, you know, the equipment, have focused training prior to have then drivers go into the simulator, put them in different uh, situations, whether it was adverse weather or uh, different type of driving that maybe they haven't done prior. Um, so it, it was, it's a great way to give them experience uh, that can be very focused. Um, you know, and, and we see this also as an opportunity. We keep talking about working with the city of New York, uh, whether it's urban driver training or creating a uh, a certification program for uh, carriers to go in and around New York City. Um, so th this will be able to add value to any program we create. You know, it's only one simulator, but I can see other organizations or, you know, uh, the city maybe themselves uh, investing in that. And it's, it, it's great opportunities to also um, utilize with our, whether it's our, uh, not so much our touch-a-truck programs, we do a lot of uh, community service where we bring trucks to high schools or uh, other organizations to show people what it's like to operate a motor vehicle, uh, excuse me, a, a commercial motor vehicle. And, you know, there may be opportunities to advance that as well. Yeah, I think that is a great idea. So we do the um, Share the Road program awesome. upstate, downstate. It's called Trucks I View, but kind of similar in terms of we let people get up in the cab of the truck mm -hmm. and they can see what the driver sees. This like takes it to the next level, right? So now it's not just about you're in the cab of the truck and you can see, you know, the blind spots, <laughs> see blind spots. I'm not sure how that works, but um, you can tell where the blind spots yeah. are. Um, but now they actually have the ability to test drive, right? So even if it's not somebody that is potentially going to get into truck driving, if even from an education standpoint, we're making that person a safer, safer driver because now they understand like, oh, wow, I, I couldn't see, or now I've got a new perspective of what a driver has to deal with. Um, I think that's another great tool that the simulator, um, can provide that we didn't have previously. So that, that's just another element um, in terms of how we utilize that. It, it definitely translates on, on a personal level. My son just started driving and I put him through similar uh, training uh, in the car while we were driving that we give to our drivers on building space and visibility around their vehicle. And now watching him as he does drive, you know, he, it, it, it really, you know, it, it really, uh, you know, worked. And um, so I, I think as we go out and show the general public 
We're out here doing hard jobs. We're doing important jobs. We're bringing you all of the goods that you're ordering. You know, we're bringing fruit to, uh, and vegetables and food and medicine and things like that that are vital to our economy and vital to living that, you know, these guys, as they are working, this is the this is their office, but these are the conditions they're dealing with. And, and it'll really, I think, transcend and, and open uh, people's eyes to uh, how important and how hard the jobs are, yep. which, you know, is important to the image of the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so often we talk about one specific issue or topic, and then it bleeds into so many different things. And this happens like all the time. So even with this, you know, the intent was to talk about the foundation and, and what we're doing, but it bleeds into um, our previous podcast, which talked about the study that Atri had done um, indicating that if you're a member of a trucking association, you're going to be safer. Well, here's just another example as to why um, utilizing the simulator, our members can help with their training needs. Um, it ties into that. You mentioned the urban driver training program, you know, and from kind of an advocacy standpoint, we're, we're always battling New York City. I mean, other areas of the state, of course, but New York City in particular. And this is an initiative that um, we're doing for two reasons, right? One, absolutely is safety. But the other reason is it's a great way for us to show to the policymakers in the city that we are being very proactive when it comes to improving safety on, on city streets. So um, just always strikes me. We've got our four pillars of our strat plan. It's the, obviously our membership value, but safety, workforce, dev, and advocacy, and they all kind of intertwine. There's not a we shouldn't even really call them pillars, right? Right. Um, because they're not because they they definitely connect. And this is just another great example of that. I I, I agree, and and I've seen you know over the years as we uh, as we've worked on the strategic plan, it really is just the foundation. And really, you know, it's, you know, as you said, it's not just pillars, it's, it's all interconnected. Um, you know, as we go and speak to our elected officials or agencies, you know, we're always uh, discussing the programs we have, the, the um, emphasis we put on safety, the goals that we've achieved. And, you know, I have to say they've definitely taken notice. And we really, you know, we're, we're continually working to uh, raise the awareness to what the industry is doing. And, uh, you know, our member companies benefit from that. You know, I know the company I work for, we've benefited for many years, um, you know, and, um, you know, we, we have younger people in our company involved. You know, we just recently sent somebody through the leadership program, which is one, actually, I've, I failed to mention the Shea Legacy Foundation is now running leadership program we're in we have our third class which just started in september and um you know we've had people that come through that program one's been a board member and is now a, a, a tanny employee you know we've identified uh new committee members that are becoming active we're hoping to identify new board members and we have former um graduates now training you know doing classes so you know we really you know and you know, I'm a big advocate of becoming a member of TANI, but the value's there and, you know, the, the results are there and we're on the cusp of really raising the, the impact that the association uh, has on the industry and the general public to another level. Yeah, absolutely. And the foundation's going to play a huge role in that. Um, any closing thoughts that you might have? 
<laughs> you know, I, I think we've, we've covered a lot and I'm really proud to be the first chairman and to have been in the, you know, the grassroots of the foundation. Um, I really think this is going to give us the opportunity to help us with, you know, a, a challenge that all industries have, bringing in, you know, new talent, bringing in the next workforce. Um, and, um, you know, I'm pretty excited to be a part of it. And I mentioned it before, really happy for the support we get from the TANI board uh, to be able to, you know, continue and move forward. Yeah, that's great. Just like Superman helping yes. out <laughs> there when you need them. Um, well, thank you so much, Barry, for joining us. It's always a pleasure seeing you, talking to you. Um, really enjoyed having you in the studio with us today. I think that wraps it for another Key Up New York. Be sure to like us or follow us anywhere that you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.